process may not be completed, but God is working. The process may not be finished, but God's still working. It's working. And I tell you this, hear me now. It's working because of the word spoken. You're in process still because of the word that was spoken. You're in process still. You're still becoming. You're still transforming. You're still changing. You're still standing because of his word spoken. A spoken word. A spoken word by God changes everything. Someone say, I receive the spoken word of God over my life. Say, I receive, I believe the spoken word of God over my life. The reason why you need to receive it, the reason why you need to receive it is because by God's word, he spoke light into a world that had no light and there became light. That's why you need to receive it. Because God's word that speaks creates. How many of us are saying, God, why would you even speak a word over my life? Do you not know me? How could you even speak such a great word over my life? God, do you not see me? God says, that is exactly why I have spoken it over your life. So here's the word for us. Here's the word for you. Take this as personally as you need to take it and let us take it corporately as we need to take it as a church. This is a place of blessing. Put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Now say this. This is a place of blessing. Now put your hand on your head, over your mind, over your brain. Say, this is a place of blessing. Now musicians, help me out. Everyone extend their hands towards the ceiling and over this room and say, this, this, this church, this house, my church is a place, is a place of blessing. Now bless it, bless it, bless it, bless it. This house, this house, this house, this house, this house, this house, be a place of blessing, follow me, so that what comes out of my mouth is blessing. May this house, may this house be a place of blessing so that what comes forth from my mouth is a blessing. That is why Jesus said, it's not what goes in to a, the, into the mouth and into the belly that defiles a man, but it's what comes out from his 
belly from his mouth. And what I, the thing, this is what, the only thing that will come out from your mouth is whatever is in this house. So I need to ask God to make this a place of blessing. I have to surrender my heart so it's a heart of blessing so that every time I open my mouth, it's blessing. Now for all of us who love cursing, cursing in every which way, cursing, foul mouth, I had to ask God, God, deliver me from a, from a foul mouth. You need to pray that. We need to pray that. Now, not just in uh, how I use my language, but also by what I say. It's supposed to be blessing. Every time it's supposed to be blessing. But what if they don't like me? It's supposed to be blessing still. What if they're standing against me? It's supposed to be blessing still. What if they don't support me? It's still supposed to be blessing. What if there's no parade for me? It's still supposed to be blessing. When you're talking about people, when you're talking about God's creation, whether you like them or not, it's supposed to be blessing. The only thing that you curse is the assignment from the enemy over your life. Don't receive that. Don't receive that. Even when you know someone is speaking a word of cursing over you, curse the assignment and bless the person. Curse the assignment and bless the person. Curse the assignment and bless the person. Now I know you're clapping about it and I know you're clapping by faith, but today we're gonna understand why is it significant to always bless? Always bless. While you're standing, Matthew chapter 3, New International Version Translation. And I'm going to be reading it together with another passage of scripture from the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 27, from the New King James Version. I'm going to be putting together two scriptures that I've never in my entire life joined together. We're going to be looking at two scriptures that I personally, in my entire life, have never married these two scriptures together. But today, I know that God has me almost more on an assignment with a word than a preaching of his word. So repeat this before we begin. Say, by faith, I receive your blessing. By faith, I receive your blessing, Father. We read this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. You ready? Who wants God's word? Who wants it? Remember, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness... God promises that they will be filled. You got to want it. You got you to want to be filled. You, gotta, you have to be hungry in order to be filled. Beginning at verse 16, in the name of the Father, Son, Jesus, His Son. As soon as Jesus was baptized, this is the baptism of Jesus Himself. 
if you didn't know, Jesus was baptized in water by John. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. Heaven tore open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. That just means resting. It dwelled. It filled. It rested. It took residence and made Jesus his habitation. So here at the baptism of Jesus, as he's coming out of the water, God tears heaven wide open and the Holy Spirit like a dove comes upon Jesus and baptizes him in the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had the question, was Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit? Oh yes, he was. And we have the exact verses to see God rip open heaven. It's almost like heaven couldn't contain the spirit of God that was up dwelling in heavenly places. And, and it had to, it had to, it had to open up, rip open. And the spirit of God fell upon Jesus and it filled him. And then look what happens in verse 17. And the voice from heaven said now let me tell you the only voice that is speaking from heaven right now is God the Father God the Father God the Father with his voice tears heaven open and speaks this is him speaking now he speaks and he says this this is my son what powerful words when a father has his son isolated all alone and he says, you are my son. You are my son. You are my son. That's a powerful moment. When a mother grabs her baby girl and says, you are my daughter. Mine. All mine. Watch out, sister, if you try to take my baby. Sweet mama turns into grizzly bear mama in a second. Don't be touching my baby. Imagine God the Father tearing heaven open in front of all those people. The Spirit falls on Jesus. He's baptized in the Spirit. And he says, this to everyone watching is my son. Which means if he's his son then he has his father's reward. If he's his son, he also has his father's inheritance. If he's his son, then he also has his father's earnings of his work. If he's his son, he has his resource. But here, more than any of those things, more than the father's riches, more than the father's wealth, what he has most importantly above all those things, hear me, is his father's word of blessing. More than your father's money, he needs your blessing more than the wealth you generate on this earth more than that he needs your blessing we'll get there there's something special when a human father blesses 
with his own word his son's life. There's a blessing that is yours. That's You're created by God in his image and in his likeness, and you're born with a heavenly blessing. But something transpires, something passes, something's authorized on this world when human flesh blesses human flesh. When human flesh authorizes what God said, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. God said, my son, I'm going to let him and everyone hear my blessing to him. And he said, whom I, with him, I am well pleased. Now, Genesis chapter 27, verse 41. Just one verse. Genesis 27, verse 41 from the New King James Version. It says, so Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. What a blessing from God the Father to his son Jesus. Right? What a blessing. When he said, you are my son, I'm well pleased, that was a blessing. If you missed it, he was blessing. He was affirming him as his son. He was saying what is mine is his. What he was saying is I sent him. What he says is I'm for him. You can't stand against him. That's what Jesus did when he identified. That's what the God the Father did when he identified Jesus at his baptism. He says, my son, that was the word of blessing. And then you see after that, Jesus stepped into his ministry, stepped into his calling, stepped into his purpose. So in one scenario, we see, wow, a beautiful picture of a father blessing his son. Now here in Genesis 27, this goes all the way back to the book of the beginning. You see here, so Esau hated Jacob, who was his brother, because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. You have one brother who is hating his other brother because of the blessing that the father placed over him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. In other words, my father's getting old and he's going to die, and we'll mourn about that. But that's coming to an end. And when he does go, then I will kill my brother Jacob. God, thank you for your word. We thank you mostly for your presence, Lord. God, as we step into your presence, we repent of our sin, Lord. God, we turn our hearts over to you. Forgive us for our sin. Reveal to us, Lord sins that we're unconscious of, Lord God, and we ask for your strength, your strength, Lord God, to convert, to change, to repent, to turn around, Lord God. Give us strength, Lord God, that comes only by your spirit, Lord God, to conquer sin in our lives, Lord God. We repent of it, Lord God, and now our hearts, we present them to you. I ask you, Lord, that you make our hearts soft right now. Make our hearts receptive. Make our hearts, like your word says, be good ground so that it can bear much fruit, Lord God. I pray today, Lord God, that today is a day that a seed is planted. And as it's watered, as it's nourished, as it's taken care of by our own responsibility for the word that you've given to us, may it bear fruit in its right time and in its right season, Lord. Father, we thank you because your word prevails. Your word prevails. Your word prevails. The enemy has no power over you, God. And so we ask for your word to cover us today. We receive your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here. Who's blessed to be here? Who's got something to shout about? Who's got something to shout about?
Who knows God brought him here? God brought me here. God brought me here. I am that annoying brother in the front row. God brought me here. I am that annoying sister that brought me here. You might not like me as much as you like your neighbor, but God brought me here. He's delivered me. He's set me free. He's healed my body. He's touched me. He woke me up out of the bed, and he decided to put air in my lungs, so it's okay. You don't need to like me. Maybe we'll become friends as we pursue God, but I'm glad to be here. God brought me here. God brought me here. Literally, God brought me here. If you're joining for the first time, if you're new here in our church, my name is Ezekiel Velez, and I have the great honor and privilege to pastor the Dwelling Place Church alongside my beautiful wife, our first lady, Tanya Velez. You're looking cute as always. You might as well stand up now. But we pastor this church with amazing people, and trust me, if it wasn't for the amazing people by our side, me and my wife would not be standing here right now. Pastor Michael and Sorai, let's give a round of applause to our executive pastors. Again, if you're new, I pray that in time you'll come to know who they are and you, they will bear testimony of who they are. And we also have our associate pastors, Pastor Daniel Machuca, Pastor Lewis, and Linda Vega. Can you guys stand up as well? And all the great leaders, friends, people of this congregation, uh, your prayers have allowed all of us to stand. And we know that God is doing something with us yes he is we're trying to walk according to a word that we received <laughs> and it's important that you do that when you receive a word from God you have to strive to walk in the word that you receive why because we know at first hand that all it took was God to say something and then creation formed that is the power of his word so if God speaks something, it's significant that you grab onto it because if you're able to hold onto it as you are traveling with that word of God, it and you will become something. Everyone go like this right now. You're trying to grab the word of God. You got to hold on to the word of God spoken to you. That's our problem. We hear something amazing. We say, wow, that's great. And you keep on moving. Let me tell you this. A word of God can travel you far. The word of God can take you on a journey. One word of God could change your life forever. So the more word of God I have, the farther I will go. The more word of God I have, the more I'll be able to create. The more word of God I have, the more I know who I am. The more word of God that I have, the more I know who God is. The more word of God that I have, the more power I will have. The more word of God that I have, the more authority I will have. The more word of God that I have, then nothing in the gates of hell will be able to stop. Why? Not because of my strength but because I'm holding on to the word of God that was spoken over me and spoken into my life and I'm holding on to the word of God that I read last night and I'm holding on to the word of God that I meditated on this morning so you have to hold on to the word of God words are powerful if you didn't know absolutely words are powerful and words are important and something happens when we speak life but something also happens when we speak death. Something happens when we bless. And something also happens when we curse. 
Something happens when a child grows up with words of encouragement surrounding their mind, and something happens when those words are absent from the presence of that child's inner being. Something happens in the midst of words that lift up a child, and something happens in the midst of condescending words. For just a moment, specifically, I want to speak to all the fathers in here. If you're a father, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you are a father. Something special happens when a father speaks blessing into a child's life. I want to tell you right now, fathers, you have the great responsibility to speak blessing. God holds fathers accountable for speaking life into their children. It's just been recently where I've come into realization that my words have significant significant power over my children, over this church. It's only more recently that God is putting in the forefront of my mind that my words have power, my words have potential when I bless those who are under me, when I bless those that I'm responsible for. I want you to understand, fathers, that your words are, 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 are powerful. Your words mean something. Your words go places. Your words take effect. Your words produce fruit. Your words plant seeds your children need the blessing of a father's voice so therefore it becomes important how I speak it becomes important how you speak for everyone that, that does not believe that the word of a father and his blessing is important let me just read some statistics just a few 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes that is not because they missed resource, it's because they missed the word of blessing. They missed the word of encouragement. They, lift, they, they missed the word of yes you can, of you are worth something, that you are mine and you're my son and I'm well pleased of you. 63% of youth suicides come from homes that there is no father. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. We need the voice of our father to bless us. It's time to bless. It's time to bless. I know we love to curse, but it's time to bless. I know we like to condescend, but I'm telling you, it's time to bless. I know we like to highlight all the flaws, but it's time to speak into the potential of our children. It's time to bless. It's time to bless. And for those people who say, well, I don't got nothing to give my son. I have no money. I have no car. I have no house yet. You have a word. 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 You can speak life. You can say something great about them. You can speak to their potential. You can tell them that they're special. You just saying that you are mine and I'm your father means something and the proof of that is when you take that away and then you see these statistics so it's time to say something a father could be in the home and still be absent I wonder if they could do some kind of research on that a father that's in the house but does not speak this is not exempt our women 
I'm just telling you the, 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 the responsibility that God gave to the father. We love to read that, that, that the man is, is uh, that the woman's supposed to submit to, her, to him. And we love to read all those scriptures that make us feel like men first. Great, great, yeah, yeah, to a degree. There is that level, but that's a level of responsibility. More than it is a level to exer- exercise power and have someone under submission to you. It's a level of responsibility. You're responsible to protect her. You're responsible to care for her. You're responsible to keep her safe. You're responsible to present her holy before God. And guess what? Her children, they're your responsibility. But ladies, you need a bless too. You know what happens when women feel no responsibility to bless? That's why gossip comes in. Men are different. We're so weird. We have close relationships with guys and we barely talk. I mean, just give us some popcorn. We'll sit down for four hours and say five words and walk away and say, that was the best time of my life with my brother. (laughs) Just give me some wings. Just give me some pizza. Tell me you got food. We'll sit together for hours, barely say anything. We'll watch other men wear tights and throw an object across a green grass field and say it was the best day of our life. (laughs) Guys, that's how women see it. They're watching other men wear stretch pants and throw some object back and forth. And then they jump up and down like maniacs. And if that's not enough, they kick the little thing through post. And we walk away saying, I'm blessed to be in fellowship with my brother. God's doing something. He's birthed something in the spirit. I feel divine connection with my brother. Hey. But you women pick up that phone. And you've got to talk for hours. And it's beautiful. God moves in that mist. But you're talkers. You're talkers. Naturally, words come out of your mouth. So this is why you have to be careful when you speak. We all must be careful about how we speak. We more, can we agree we must change how we speak? Amen. Look what James says, chapter 3, verse 1. I'll read a bunch of verses to you. Significant, significant. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know who we, because you know that we who teach will become judged more strictly. So if we want to teach, we'll hold to a higher standard. We're more accountable before God and to the people that we teach. It says this, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Look what he says. The person who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able, look at, to keep the whole body in check. I was reading this passage of scripture and I realized the reason why my character is out of control is because my mouth is out of control. But the person who is able to get their mouth under control, the person who knows how to be perfect in word, will get will pull reins around their character and they'll think, they'll process, because I said this, then I can't do this. Because I spoke this, then I have to do this. That is the power of your words. Do you see it? Do you see it? Anyone who is able, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. This is the reason why so many of us have no self-control in what we do. It's because we have no self-control in what we say. And if you could start to 
start to get hold of that mouth, get hold of your words, get hold of what you say. If you start to discipline your mouth, your body will follow what your mouth says. But with a loose mouth is a loose character. With a loose mouth, with words of negativity coming out your mouth, I guarantee you, your hands will start to eat from the fruit that came out your mouth. You'll start to, you'll start to act out according to what you said. Is that okay? Look, when we put bits into the mouths of the horse to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Something happened in the timeline of history where someone saw a bunch of horses, wild horses. You ever seen a wild horse? You ever seen a wild horse? I mean, a wild horse is wild. It's like. Huh? You ever seen a wild horse? Do it again. Ain't no one got their phone out for that. And put it up on Instagram and say, what is my pastor doing? A wild horse. You ever seen a wild, you ever seen a wild horse? I can imagine the first person that saw a wild horse and said, how am I going to get that thing up under control? That power, those muscles, those legs, that strength, how do you get that up under control? I can imagine someone taking a stick and said, maybe if I hit this thing. I can imagine someone taking rocks and said, maybe I'll throw some rocks at it. I can imagine if they said, let's, let's see, uh, a horse, let's get 10 of us and we'll jump on him. Let's see if we can hold him down. And after all of whatever was done to try to tame that horse, they realized this, to control that horse, put something in his mouth. Put this little thing over his mouth and if you can control his mouth you can tame the body that's what God's saying to his people that's what God's saying to his church that's what God's saying to you if you can tame your mouth you'll be able to tame your body Amen. or take ships as a whole animal I'm sorry verse 4 or take ships as an example Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. Now look at this. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. It takes a small spark to set a whole fire. Verse 6, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is, and is itself set on fire by hell. Which makes you realize when the enemy goes to attack you, he doesn't just jump on your body. He can't just force your body, but if he could get in your mouth, he knows in time he'll have the body. He'll have your character. He'll have you in your practice. If he could get your mouth and what you say, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9, with the tongue, hear me, 
With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursings. My brothers, fathers, my sisters, mothers, this should not be. But I got a reason to curse them. This should not be. But Lord, I warned them. This should not be. God, you don't know my child like I know my child. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. It is time to bless. It is time to fix our mouths. I'll dare say this. We can't afford not to bless. For what God wants to do, you can't afford not to bless. For all that God has planned and has envisioned for you as an individual, for your family, for your children, for your community of people around you, your friends, your circle, whoever, you cannot afford. For what God wants to do in our church, we cannot afford to curse. We must bless. We must bless. We must bless. And if you didn't realize it before, I pray we understand it now. Our mouths affect our very own character. I wonder if this terrible feeling that we walk around with sometimes. I wonder if the burden that we have and the, and the pressure and the weight is not because there's actually weight on you. It's because your words that are in your head, the words that you are speaking to yourself is the thing that is creating the pressure, is the thing that's creating the anxiety, is the thing that is creating the worry. If you could change how you speak to yourself, if you can change the words that you tell yourself about yourself, it'll change how you feel about yourself. And when you change how you feel about yourself, it'll change how you behave yourself. If you ever saw someone sitting on a chair or on a sofa, all sluggish and miserable, and you ask them what's going on, and as the conversation goes on, you reveal that they are worried about something that they are telling themselves. Telling yourself that you're defeated. Telling yourself that you can't. Telling yourself you don't have enough money. Telling yourself that you're dumb. But talk to a child of God who might be broke right now, but they're proclaiming that they are blessed and they're the son and daughter of a God who has all resources and they're going to pursue his words. Don't think everyone that has something now always had it. So how did they get it? They learned to believe the word of God, and they learned to believe that word, speak that word. And when they started speaking the word of God, it started changing their character, which started changing their behavior, which started changing their practices. And that gave them some wisdom, some experience. And then all of a sudden, they started to act according to what they learned. But it all started with them changing the words that were spoken to them. So you can't afford not to bless. And when I say not to bless, you can't afford not to bless you, speak good about you, speak good good about your children. Speak good about the people around you. Even if you don't like them, I'm going to say it one more time. Bless them. Oh, do I really have to? Bless them. Oh, come on, Pat. Bless them. Why? Because I didn't say it. 
Oh, you think I like to bless people that I don't like? He didn't say you had to like them, but he said you had to bless them. He didn't say they had to be your best friend, but he did say you had to bless them. Now I'm going to read random scriptures to you from different authors who said something about words. This is, let's start with Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 15, and I referenced this earlier, verse 11, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. But what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. So be careful what you're saying about yourself. Be careful what you're saying about someone else. If it's negative, it's going to defile who you are. Proverbs verse 18, by Solomon, the wisest man besides Jesus that ever lived, the tongue has the power of what? Life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruits. David, the man that was after God's own heart in Psalm uh, 34 verse 13 said, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament uh, book, said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their deeds, that it may benefit those who listen. He also went on to say in Romans 12, verse 14, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. And that's the same thing, quoting Jesus, bless those that persecute you. Oh, that hurts. Can I just curse them, Lord? No. You can stand against all the evil workings that they're doing. You can stand against the spirits that they're sending out. You can rebuke the devil. You can curse things at its root. But you can't curse a person. Let me tell you, it's more powerful for you to bless them. There's a reason why. I know you, we haven't got to the reason, really. We're just getting to the principle. Sometimes you just got to learn what to do. And, and sometimes your, your understanding will catch up later. So for all of you who after this sermon, you still don't understand why. I want to tell you, you're in a good place if you learn to bless. Just that alone. You might not know why. It might not click today. Some of us, our hearts might be hard. But I want you to remember, in the middle of the week, when someone offends you, say, oh, God, I bless them. Oh, my child driving me crazy. But, Lord, I don't know why. I'm going to bless them. Pastor Tanya said, sometimes God does not have time for your obedience to catch up to his word. And this is his word. I didn't make this up. We didn't just create it right now. We just added an addendum to the Bible to put it in there so I could have a sermon to say this Sunday. No, it's been God's word from the beginning. And when you really look at God, you come to realize that God, he's a blesser. He was a blesser. He always was a blesser. Everything that he did, he blessed. And only he has the right to curse why can he and not me because he's God and we're not you're not seeing all things you don't know all things blessing is cursing oh my god blessing and cursing don't really have to do with character at all I know that's strong I don't understand that blessing Blessing and cursing don't have to do with character at all. I'll say it one more time. Blessing and cursing don't have to do 
with character at all. God doesn't see blessing and cursing the same way you and I see blessing and cursing. I'll tell you this right up front. We interpret reward and blessing as the same thing. If you do good, I bless you. You do your homework and get straight A's, stay in your machuca and graduate, we'll bless you. Right? You do good, Tanya Marie, we'll bless you. We'll reward you. We use reward and blessing as the same interchangeably. And so if someone does something good to us and blesses us, then we'll bless them or we'll reward them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. If they do bad, then what do we say? No reward, no blessing. No reward, no blessing. If, you, if you're not responsible, no blessing. If you're not obedient, no reward. If you don't do things right, no blessing, no, no reward. But with God, God has reward and blessing on two different planes. Yes, he does. I'm telling you right now, God is a rewarder. He told Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. And the Bible says those that seek after the Lord, that he, he, he is a rewarder of those who seek after him. So, yes, God does reward. His reward has to do with your obedience. Absolutely. God does bless obedience. God does bless faithfulness. Reward has to do with character. Reward has to do with how you walk. Reward has to do with the faith and the trust that you put, on, put in him. But blessing walks on a whole other plane. And when you really look at what God does, God will bless people. And we won't even understand when we look at their lives. Because they're two different things with God. For us, it's the same thing. And so we say, I'm not going to reward them because of their bad behavior. So I definitely ain't going to bless them. But with God, God may not reward them, but he'll still bless them. Again, I'm just saying things and you're agreeing and by faith trying to make sense of it. By the end, we're going to understand just receive the principle, receive the principle, and then it's all going to make sense. Well, let's just talk about God being a blesser. God being a blesser. God blesses. He blesses things. He blesses things. When we look at creation, God, God, God saw, he, he, he spoke light, and he saw light, and at the end of the, that first day, he saw that it was, uh, he said that it was good. He declared it good. He, he called it good. Now, here's the funny thing. It was only good. F it, only, it only had proved itself for a day, but nothing else. But he still said it was good. He asked for the dry ground to appear, and it came out, and, 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 and he said that it was good. He asked for the trees to produce vegetation, and at the end of that day, he saw that it was good. He created the solar system, the planets. He did the sun and the moon, and he looked at it, and he said that it was good. He's blessing it. He's speaking to it. He's calling it good, yet it hasn't proven itself for more than 24 hours. Why would God bless it and call it good if it hasn't proved anything yet? It was good because of divine creation. It was good because he had created it. He didn't call it good because it proved to endure seasons yet. He didn't call it good because it survived winters yet. He didn't say good because the fruit proved to stand and last forever. He called it good because divinely it was created good because it came from his hand, but he spoke it to be good. And when it came down to livestock, when it came down to cattle, when it came down to the animals, when it came down to the horse and the cow and the ant and the, and the caterpillar, at the end of all of that, he said he blessed those things and said be fruitful and multiply. And then when you get to Genesis verse 28, after he creates Adam and 
after he creates Eve, after he creates his sons and his daughter, humanity, it says this, Genesis 1.28. Look at this. God blessed them and said to them, here's a big word. Here's a big word to understand blessing. Here's the big word to understand the difference between reward and blessing. Remember, reward is God blessing you for obedience. Reward is God blessing you for character. Reward is God blessing you for faithfulness. Reward is God blessing you for, te- for lasting the test of time. That's a reward. But look at this. This is a word of blessing. It's different than a reward. He didn't reward Adam and Eve right now, but he blessed them. God blessed them and said, be. That's a big word that only has two letters when it comes to God speaking. Big word. Two letters of the alphabet. He said, be fruitful and multiply and increase in number. There's only two. But he said, be fruitful and multiply. Be. Fill the earth. And there's only two of them right now. I mean, if we kicked out everyone and just let two people in here, it'd be empty. Kick out everyone out the earth and let two people stand there. How empty is the earth? But God said, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. He goes on to say, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Here is the difference between reward and blessing. Reward is, 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 is what you get from God for what you have done and your faithfulness. The word of blessing is actually a word of divine prophecy from God. You hear me? A blessing is a word of divine prophecy from God for you to be who he has created you to be. And so you don't have to have proved anything for God to bless you because the spoken word of blessing is to propel you, is to push you, is to set you in direction for all God has for you. So yes, you will receive a reward, but you can't even get to a place of reward until you receive a word of blessing first. The blessing is because of the potential that you were created for. It's just because you're my son and my daughter. And you haven't proved nothing yet. You haven't accomplished nothing yet. You haven't did nothing yet. Adam and Eve haven't lasted even a single day. They haven't proved nothing just like the tree hasn't proved nothing. Just like the sun hasn't proved nothing. Just like the waves haven't proved nothing. But he blessed his creation and he blessed them so that they could be all that God intended them to be. So I'm not blessing my kid like I'm rewarding him. I reward him when he takes out the trash, but I still bless him when he does it. I give a word of blessing. I still tell him, you're a good boy, even though you didn't do it. (laughs) So when you go and you smack him on the back of the head for not doing it, you got to speak the word of blessing after and say, I know that you can do it. That is the blessing 
You're telling them you can be. You're telling them that you can do it. After you smack her hand for cutting school and failing, then you tell them, you're my daughter. There's more inside of you. You are smarter than this. You can do more. And I bless you. So why? So they can receive the word to be. God doesn't reward everyone. Reward comes with proving. But he blesses everyone that he's created so that they could become. So that they could become. Over time, as parents, we stop blessing. We get tired of blessing. You're still screwing up. You're still acting up. We get like that with people. Still a knucklehead. It's crazy. We could get tired with people, but it does not eliminate the word of God that he created them with. You heard me? We can get tired of people. You could get tired of your neighbor. You could get tired of your cousin. You could get tired of your wife. We could get tired of our husband. We could get tired of our children. But God said, I spoke a word of blessing so that they can be who I called and created them to be. Now, that's really good for me because that helped me understand a lot of things about why God loves me so much. If no one gets excited for the rest of this message, I'm going to enjoy in this one because I prepared for this and God showed me. He showed me. It wasn't about me putting things together. God revealed to me and I started to understand God's graces. See, when you understand the difference between reward and blessing, you start to see, oh, now I'm starting to get it. Now I realize why my heavenly father hasn't given up on me. It'll start to make sense why God has been so merciful to you. You'll realize why if I know deep down inside I've been a knucklehead, I've been screwing up, I have haven't been doing my best. How is it that God still wants to bless me? How is it that God's word is still over my life? How is it that God is still using me? It's because there's a prophetic word of blessing for you to be something in order for you to be it. His word has to remain on you. God told Abraham, I'm excited. This is, this is powerful. It's going to become more powerful. God spoke to Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 12. He said, if you will leave your father's house and go to the place that I'm going to show you, Genesis 12 verse 2, look what he says. He said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Look at what, look at, look at, look at what Abraham's receiving. He's receiving a word of blessing. It's interesting, if you go before this to Genesis chapter 11, there's no, there's no verses talking about Abraham's faith before. There's no verses talking about how Abraham was a man of faith before. There's no verses talking about how Abraham sacrificed before. There's no verses talking about how he was this great man of great vision before. There's no verses talking about how he trusted God before. No, God encounters Abraham and he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham is 75 years old at this time and and has no children. He hasn't even produced yet. But God puts a word of blessing over him. Why? So he can be that. So he can be that. 
The word of blessing is God's prophetic word over your life so that you can be who God created you to be. And you'll never get there if God hasn't spoken to it, spoken to you, and you don't hear it. So you got to know that you're blessed by God. That's the difference between the reward. The reward is for what I've done for God. The blessing is so that I can accomplish what he said for me to do. This is Genesis chapter 12. Abraham is 25 years, 75 years old. He has no children. He has no inheritance. He, has, he doesn't have anything. But God speaks this word of blessing and says that I will make you into a great nation. Prophetically, God is speaking to him about what's in his womb. Him and his wife, Sarah, they, they, they're past the age of bearing children. But a word is saying you're going to have many and a great nation. That is prophetic word being spoken into them. That's why you bless so people can become. Before he's done anything. Before this chapter, he's not the father of faith. Before this chapter, he's not a patriarch. He's just a man, but he receives a word of blessing which then puts him in a direction for him to follow. And then by the time we get to Genesis chapter 22, Abraham now, this is over 25 years later, through, through, through much time, 25 plus years later, ups and downs with his faith, him and Sarah, Sarah sometimes believing, sometimes doubting, a journey of their personal life. Uh, eventually, their faith proves, and, and, and they hold on to the promise, and they believe God, and it's a credit to them unto righteousness. Sarah births a son. He's, a, he's the child of promise. His name is Isaac, and after all of that, Abraham's loving him. God says, now I want you to sacrifice that which I gave you. God proved faithful to Abraham and Sarai, and now it's Abraham's turn to prove faithful to God. And he says, I want you to sacrifice your son, your one and only son. And so Abraham takes his son up on a mountain. He straps him there to the mountain, and he has the knife in his hand, and he's ready to sacrifice his son because God told him to, and then God stops him. And when you get to Genesis 22, verse 15, it says this, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself. I love it. God swears to himself. God swears to God, declares the Lord, that because you have, have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, look what he says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. He stamped his word. He guaranteed his word. You know what this is? This is not the blessing. This is the guarantee of reward. Because you have not withheld your son, and you were faithful and just proved yourself, I swear to myself that you are going to be blessed. It's a guarantee. There is no doubt. That is a reward. Genesis 12 was the blessing calling him to be. And this is what we struggle with. And this is what Esau struggled with. This is what Esau 
struggle with. We read in Genesis chapter 27. So Esau hated Jacob. This is his brother. This is his younger brother by seconds. If you look at Genesis chapter 25, you will see the story of Jacob and Esau. And when you read the story, you will learn that their father is Isaac. Isaac is the son of promise of Abraham. And Isaac and his wife, Rebekah, were barren. She could not have children. Her womb had dried up. It could not produce. But they went and they inquired to the Lord, and the Lord blessed them and made her womb fertile. And she became pregnant. She became pregnant with child but into her pregnancy she starts to feel things that feel unusual it doesn't feel normal there's a little bit more pressure on the inside there's a little bit more kicking than than than, than, than there should be i could imagine her going to all her friends before her and talking about their pregnancy and touching her best friends a stomach saying oh look at the baby and they're like look he's kicking right here and you see the little foot go up and oh look you can see his two little feet and she's like oh look that's so cute and touch right over here Oh look, look, oh, look, that's his head. That's her head. There's the baby's little head. And that was awesome. So you could imagine her expectation of when it was time for her to have her child. And so when she's had her child, this, she's expecting it because she couldn't. But they inquired of the Lord, and the Lord blessed them. So now they know this is a special baby. There's something different about this baby. We couldn't have before. We went to God. Now we have. And I could imagine her touching her, touching her, her stomach. She's like, why I feel two feet over here and two feet back here? Something wrong with my baby. Why my baby got a head up here and a head down here? What is in my stomach? God, I have an alien. What kind of creature? She inquires of the Lord, and the Lord says, Sister girl, he probably said, My daughter. We use the Bible. He probably said, my daughter. I said, a sister girl. He said, my daughter. I've seen your cry. I've heard your request. And you and your husband turned to me when you cried. Not only am I going to bless you with what you asked for. I'm going to give you a double portion of what you wanted. He said, the reason why you have one head up here and one head down there, the reason why there's two feet here and two feet there, the reason why you feel two heartbeats on the inside of you is because there are two nations in your womb. So there's two, there's two. But he said, these two are warring with each other. That is why you feel all that commotion. That is why you feel that tugging, because they are already fighting from the womb. He says, you have two nations on the inside of you, and when they will be separate, he says. And then he goes on to say, one will be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And you know who he was speaking about? She ends up giving birth to two babies. The first one is red and hairy. But as he's coming out, so there's the firstborn. That's the firstborn. They later will call him Esau. As he's coming out, his little baby brother has his fingers crossed.
grasp on his brother's ankle. And as the first one's coming out, the little one, the second one, the youngest one said, you ain't coming out without me. If I didn't kill you in here, I swear I'm gonna kill you when I get out there. And as he came, he came out holding on. What was the word that God said to her? He said, you have two nations worrying on the inside of you. One of them is stronger than the other one. And the older is going to serve the younger one. The younger one came out with his, with flexing his bicep as he was holding on to his brothers. Jacob proved to be strong. God knew. God knew there was strength inside of Jacob. Now, when you read the story of Jacob, you realize this. He was a liar. He was a thief. His name, Jacob, means supplanter. And supplant means to take by force, almost to, to push out and to step in. They named him because the, they knew his brother was supposed to be first, but he was trying to take, he, he was trying to hold on to that position. And yes, when you look at Dave, uh, Jacob's life, he, 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 he cheated his brother out of his birthright. He got him to, to, to hand it over to him one day. In Genesis 27 that we read, we go on to see that he, he literally steals the blessing of inheritance that belonged to his brother. He takes it from him. Then you go on to see Jacob's life. I mean, he goes on to cheat his, his uncle. He's a schemer. He's a liar. He's a trickster. But nonetheless, he was strong. He was on the run, but he was strong. He was, uh, he was on the move, but he, he was strong. And it, he found a way to survive. He found a way to get what he wanted. He found a way to press through. He was, in fact, strong. And because of that, God knew if he could apply his strength the right way, this boy could do something for me. And from, from the mother's womb, God speaks this word. The older shall serve the younger. And there's a word of blessing over the younger. There's a word of, of exhortation over the younger. There's a word of, of, of uplifting over the younger. There's a word of strength spoken over that younger. There's a word of, of, of leadership over the younger. There's a, there's a word of government over the younger. He, the, the older, shall serve the younger. The younger will rise to the top. The younger will come from behind. The younger will not be the last but eventually become the first. There was a word of blessing over Jacob because God knew that he would be strong. Wrong. He looked weak as a mama's boy. He looked weak not being able to hunt for his father. He looked weak because the mother babied him. Yeah, he looked weak, but God knew deep down inside he was strong. Can I tell you that God knows the strength of who you are? It does not matter what you look like right now. It does not matter what those first 10 years look like. It doesn't matter what those first 15 years look like. It does not matter if you were scheming, if you were lying, if you were cheating, if you were backbiting, if you were betraying people. God knows the strength that's on the inside of you, and God knows the strength of, of all that you can do and because God knows the power and the potential of who you are he then has decided to put a word of blessing over you God said I see something in the womb and this little one he might be nasty he might be scheming but oh my God if he can turn to me this one is going to produce So then the time came when it was time for the father. 
Isaac, he was getting old, and this, is, this, this, was, this was natural to them. This is what they did. It was almost like law to these people. The father blesses his children. But the way that it worked was the firstborn son received the, 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 the initial blessing. It's the blessing of the firstborn. And the blessing of the firstborn, what it does is this, it puts that son over the rest of the brothers. It's, 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 it's a blessing of leadership. It's a blessing of government. It's a blessing of authority. That belongs to the firstborn. But the time came that, that, that Isaac was old and, and he's, he's about to go. He doesn't have much days left. And so he, he, it's like, okay, it's time to bless my boys before I go because I can't leave them without a blessing. And so while Esau goes out and, uh, uh, to hunt, uh, uh, Rebecca, uh, their mother, goes to Jacob and says, hey, listen, your dad's about to bless Esau. You, you're going to go in there. You're going you're gonna to take that blessing from him. And, and he's like, but if I do that, I'm going to be cursed. And she says, let that curse come upon me. Uh, it's because, I, I wonder if it's because Re, uh, uh, Re, Rebecca remembered the word that God spoke to her and he told her that you have two nations warring. One is stronger than the other and the, and the older shall serve the younger. And she knew that Isaac was getting ready to bless the older, but she said, no, it has to go according to the word that I received from God. And, and it doesn't matter how this looks right now, but, but we're going to take this because God spoke this. And so she gets, she gets Jacob to dress up. She gets Jacob to dress up like his brother Esau. He goes in there. He, they put fur from animals on him and and, and 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 Isaac he's old he can't even see and then Jacob comes in he's like I'm here for you to bless me my father and he's like is that really you uh, Esau because you sound like Jacob he's like oh let me put kicked out of I am here father for you to bless me changes his voice changes his clothes and eventually the father gives the blessing over to Jacob and Jacob Mom's like, come on, boy, get out of here. Esau's coming back. Esau comes in with food for his father, prepared for him. And then uh, 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 his father, Isaac, realized, like, who's that? It's me, Esau. Uh, well, your brother just got blessed. What's your blessing? And the Bible says that Esau cried. He cried. He cried because his father could not reverse the blessing that he placed on his brother. And in the blessing, it said, you will have the dew from heaven. You'll have wine. Your, <laughs> literally said, your brothers shall serve you. And Esau cried because Jacob stole that from him. Wishing his father could reverse it. Wishing his father could change it. After reading this, I realized, I said, man, when God blesses someone, you can't change. You can't change. We can't change how God thinks about someone. Now, I'm going to tell you why he hated him. He didn't just hate him because another brother took what was his. Yeah, of course he's mad and he's upset about it. But the reason why he hated him was because he also knew he did not deserve it. It's not like another good brother and dad accidentally 
gave him the inheritance. It's like, oh, God, you skipped me out on what belongs to me. He knew Jacob was a thief. He knew Jacob was a liar. He knew he was a schemer. He knew that he, would, he, he, he sidestepped him. He knew that he didn't deserve it, but God still blessed him. His father still blessed him. Why? Because there was a word of blessing over the womb for him. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. Why? God did not bless. Look, even if Isaac wanted to, he couldn't undo what God had already said. And some way, somehow, he was going to receive that word of blessing over him. Because God told Rebekah, his mother, from his womb that the older shall serve the younger. There was no way that, he could, that, 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 that Isaac could not bless Jacob. And there was no way that Esau could reverse what his father did. And there was no way that Isaac could reverse even what he did. Today I'm telling you that many of us here in here sit here like Jacob. Where from our wombs there's a word over us. There's a word over you from your womb. And I know maybe you lied and maybe you stealed and maybe you cheated. But I know there's a word of God over your womb. And today I want to act in the office of Isaac right now. Today I want to bless you despite your character right now. I'm not blessing you because of who you are now. Today I want to bless you because of the person that God saw when he put you in your mother's womb. And it does not matter who likes you, who doesn't like you, who's upset about it. Well, pastor, you don't know him. Pastor, you don't know her. But it doesn't matter. We're not blessing because of reward. We are blessing as a prophetic word of who they are to be. This is why we bless our children even when they're that little black sheep one. This is, why we, this is why we speak words of life over to the good child and to the one that's misbehaving. This is why we, why we bless and we treat with love the, the child that is obedient. And we also bless the child that is acting up. We bless them with our words. Why? Because we're blessing them for who they are to be. We're blessing them for who they are to be. Today I want to bless you for who you are to be. I want to bless you because God saw something in you when he placed you in the womb. He saw a prophet in there. He saw leadership in there. He saw a pastor in there. He saw a man of God in there. He saw a prayer warrior in there. He saw an evangelist in there. He saw a teacher in there. He saw a pastor in there. He saw a worshiper in there. He saw strength in there. He saw it, and that's why he blessed them. That's why he spoke it. This even goes beyond what you think of yourself. And this clearly goes beyond what you think about someone else and what you think of me. Tell your neighbor, say, I bless you. Now tell your neighbor, say, I need you to bless me too. Just... If you're in the front of the church, if you're in the front of the church, look forward. If you're, in the, uh, if you're in the back of the church, look forward. If you're in the front of the church, look back and say, I bless you. 
Say, I bless you. You don't got to like them or bless them. They don't got to be behaving well to bless them. You know why we're blessing? You know why we're blessing? Because we are prophetically declaring who God called them to be. That's why I bless you. That's why I bless you. I don't got to like you. You don't got to have straight A's. You don't got to have fat fit. I'm blessing you so you could have straight A's. So you could fast. So you could be the man of God and the woman of God. That's why we're blessing. But God, I don't think they deserve that. God will reward all of us according to our deeds. And he will also punish us according to his standard and his will. You never have to worry about God's reward for somebody. God got enough to take care of them. God's got enough riches to bless someone for their faithfulness. And he's got enough rods in his hand to chastise those who he needs to. Don't worry about their reward. We're responsible to worry about blessing. That's why Jesus said, don't just bless those that bless you. Even the publicans do that. But bless those who curse you and bless those who despitefully use you. Why? I'm playing blessing of the person that cursed me so that God could do something in them and that they too could be a blessing. We got to bless. But God, she got something against me. I'm a blesser in the name of Jesus. God... For some reason, I don't know why, but you put her in her mother's womb. You saw something, you see something that I don't see. So God, I bless her so she can walk in it. I bless her so it could unlock and so I could give authority to what God said in heaven to come down on earth. Remember when I told you it's something special when flesh blesses flesh? There's something special about it. We're like, well, if God wants to bless him, let him do it and let him say it. I'm not. There's something that releases what God has in heaven supernaturally down on earth. We, our words authorize it to be done. That's how much power God put in our words. That's why your words are life and death. Not because you are the giver of life, but God in his throne, that's where all life is. Life is in heaven. And for it to get down here on earth, you have to authorize it with your mouth so it could be released. And so heaven could tear open over someone else's life. This is why we have to bless. We bless those that bless us, that God will bless them even more. But even the ones that are against them, we bless them. Because God created them with some purpose. That's why James said, how can with our mouths we bless God but then curse another person? Obviously, in context, you're only going to curse someone who's done something against you, someone that doesn't like you, someone that betrayed you. That's the only reason why you're going to curse someone. Unless you're pure evil and you just like to go around putting curses and hexes and you're just that envious. Obviously, the reason of you not wanting to bless someone and curse them is because they did something to you. But God said, how can you bless me but not bless the person, even if they're bad, even if they're like Jacob, even if they're scheming, even if they're lying? How could you bless me and not bless them? Because I created them. And when I put them in the womb, I saw something powerful in them. So right now, our word of blessing over them helps them get to who God intended for them to be. So I want to be a church. I want this place. And I want this place. 
And I want this place to be a house of blessing. You want to change people? Change doesn't happen by you cursing them. Change happens by you blessing them. That's how change is coming. So it's time to change our mouths. Does that make sense? It's time to bless. 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 God is the rewarder. It's his responsibility. He's called us to bless. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. He said when you pray, this is how you pray. Because there are things stored and locked in heaven that are only released when you pray and when you bless. And someone's deliverance is in God's hands. The way to release it is through prayer and say, I bless you and I free you in the name of Jesus. The healing is, on, is in God's hands. But the only way to release it is when I pray, I say, my God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So healing, that is in your hand. God, I pray that you release it and I bless her. They're struggling in their, in their character, and their, God, not you, Darren, but as an example, they're struggling in their character, and he's acting up, and he don't know which way to go, but God, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, discipline is on your throne, Lord God. Righteousness is on your throne. I release that over my brother right now in the name of Jesus. Divine revelation is on your throne, Lord. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are As far as the heaven is so from the earth, so are your ways and your thoughts. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Divine revelation. You release it. How you release it. With your mouth. With your mouth. Life and death is in our tongue. So today we choose to bless and to speak life. As I was thinking about this, God put in my heart. He showed me how powerful my words are to bless. More recently, more than ever, God showed me how powerful my words are to bless. It's crazy when you realize that because sometimes when you that revelation comes to you, you feel like Jacob too. But God does not remove his word from your life. And God does not remove your responsibility from your life. And God told me, I need a bless. I need a bless. And before I could bless the church and before I could lay hands on all of you, God put in my heart to do this. Daniel, come here. Tanya Marie, come here. a responsibility as a father to bless them. I could want them to do well. I could pray for them to do well. I could desire for them to do well, but God told me, he goes, something 
will unlock when you speak my word of blessing over their life. I put them in their mother's womb. But I entrusted you with the responsibility to father them. And it's important that they hear the word of flesh, blessing flesh, to authorize what divinity has spoken. So in Jesus' name, not from what I have, not from my own power, not even from my own understanding, but as you two being God's sons and daughters, as you two being in God's purpose and in his will, knowing both your beginning and your end seem fit and worthy to place you in the womb of your beautiful mother right now publicly, I bless you. I bless you. I speak a word of blessing over both of you. May our heavenly father rain down his blessing over you, his wisdom, his knowledge, his, his, his spirit over you. May sickness be away from you all the days of your life. May the words of those against you never come near you or touch you. Nor your husbands and wives, nor your children. We speak it now in the name of Jesus. You will prosper, says the Lord. You will go places, says the Lord. I pray right now, I proclaim that doors open in the spirit for you both to go where God has always seen you to go. God will enlarge your territory. God will expand what belongs to you. God will give you insight and revelation of who he is that you may reveal to the rest of the world who his heart is. I bless you as my sons and daughters, as I'm commanded to. And I tell you, I believe in you. Not as a pastor, as your father, I believe in you. God bless them, Lord. Bless them and their children and all that they do, Lord. May they never be in lack. May they never be in need. May they always have an abundance, Lord God. May you give them power and authority that only comes for you. Baptize them in your Holy Spirit, God. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. May they walk in your power and in your authority. May they trample over serpents, serpents and scorpions, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. May they pass through things and things not touch them. May they go to the highest mountains, but may they also descend to the, to the valleys to reach those that need you and not be harmed, Lord God. Bless them from flesh to flesh, Lord. May they hear from my heart, Lord. They are both equal before you, so I bless them together, Lord. They are not the head. They are not the tail. They are the head. They will not be last, but they shall be first, Lord. I bless them, Lord. And God, who is able to call those things which be not as though they were, The world will know them. They will speak to nations. Thousands will come to know you because of their words of blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, I release your blessing over their life right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I release it over them. In Jesus' mighty name. Someone needs to go home and take their sons and take their daughters and bless them. Bless the potential that's inside of them. You didn't even choose who they were when they got placed in your womb. Some of us, if we're honest, we didn't even desire to have something in our womb. And now here we are. It's your responsibility, fathers, for your child to hear. One of the things God did when I was a youth pastor...
God, show me. I was dealing with so many young people in that youth ministry that their fathers weren't present either. And God showed me that as a spiritual father, I needed to bless them. You have no idea how many young men through the years I've blessed in place of their father. I want to tell every child in here that does not have a father, I want to speak specifically to any males in here that their father's not in their life. Today, God's going to bless you. You just need another man to bless you. You just need another person to believe in you. Today, we say, in the absence of your physical father, we stand here today affirming the word of God over your life despite who wasn't there for you. In the name of Jesus, right now, we stand here affirming your existence in the womb of your mother. And we tell you that we love you and we tell you that you are great and we tell you that you are somebody and we tell you that God has purpose for you and we tell you that you still can be a great man of God and everything that God created you for and every purpose that God created you with and everything God saw inside of you. I tell you right now, we affirm it and we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. You are someone. You are someone. You are handsome. You are loved. You are intelligent. You have wisdom. You have, uh, you have creativity in your mind. You have strength in your hands. We believe in you. We believe in you. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're going to make it. We're going to see you do it. You can do better. You can do better. This won't haunt you. This won't stop you. This won't impede you. God is still for you. God is still for you. God has not forsaken you. God has not forsaken you. There are men that love you. There are men that are going to stand by you. There are men that are going to believe in you. There are men that are going to assist you. There are men that are going to help you. We're going to stand with you in your struggle. We're going to stand with you in good times and in bad times. And we bless you at all times. We bless you to become. We bless you to be. We bless you so that you will. We bless you so that you will have. We bless you so that you will excel. We bless you so that you have visions. We'll bless you so that you have dreams. We'll bless you so that you have vehicles. We'll bless you so that you have cars. We bless you so that you have houses. We bless you so that you have territory. We bless you so that you'll sit in high places. We bless you so that you'll be managers and CEOs and dreamers. Oh, we bless you. Would you help me bless them? Would you help me bless them? Speak blessing. Whatever comes to your mind, whatever comes to your heart, we bless you with God's protection, His divine protection. We bless you, and we ask God to heal you. We bless you, and we ask God to free you. We bless you, and we ask God to deliver you right now. It's time to bless. It's time to bless. It's time to bless so that we become. It's time to bless so that we become. We come against all negative words spoken against you. We come against all demonic attacks sent out against you. We, we come against all lies that you believe about yourself. The devil is a liar. We speak life. We speak life. We speak life. We speak words of you will be a pastors and you will be prophets. You will be teachers. You will be evangelists. You will be apostles. You will be doctors. You will be businessmen. You will be judges. You will be doctors. You will sit in places of authority. You will create. You will create. You will create. And you will be a blessing. 
You will be a blessing to every other young man that comes into your life. As you mature and as you age and as you walk with God, you will see young men who live just like you without their fathers. And you, 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 you will show them that they can. Because you did. And you will speak the word of blessing over some young man's life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.